Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Good afternoon. How are we all? It's the afternoon here on 3 Triple R FM. I am happy to say that my name is Cam Smith. Across from me, I have the redoubtable. Uh, it's Matt Stedman on duty today. You were saying just before we started the show, uh, the yeah. studio, it's good because it, it smells like you're just about to get an injection. Yes. <laughs> it's that. Yep. That disinfected. Yep, that's right. Uh, Matt's wearing his gloves. I am wearing gloves again. Uh, we have the... the the, it smells like sort of just sanitizer and not much else. You've got a big bottle of hand sanitizer. I've been doused in isopropyl alcohol, seventy <laughs> percent, five, and it's spat out really thing. But the fact is, folks, mm. um, we're here. We're here in the bunker, uh, and we're here to give you a little bit of continuity, a little bit of familiarity, yeah. and hopefully, by the end of the hour, a little bit of culinary. Inspiration. If there was one silver lining to all of this apocalypse, it seems to be that people people are experimenting a bit more in the kitchen yeah. because people, even if you're like me, you still have a job, you're working from home, mm-hmm. um, you've got maybe a bit more time because you're not commuting. One of the very few reasons you're allowed to leave your house is to go, and, to get go and get food. food. Yeah. So be like, oh, let's cook up a storm. What's it's, my motivation? Um, and I, so, I'm going to find bread flour. <laughs> I've been um, seeing some wicked loaves of bread. Oh, really? Have you, you have not? Uh, I've seen a few on the old Insta. Yeah. But, uh, a mate um, of mine, Steve Cook, was bragging about his crumb. <laughs> not, not something you'd normally do. See that crumb there? I did that. It's awesome. Uh, Jerry Mai. Yes. Jerry Mai. Mm. Awesome. Awesome loaf from Jerry Mai. Mm. Uh, that Jess Ho. Yes. <laughs> Jess. Uh, she did a, a wicked uh, loaf of bread. Anyway, so yeah, there's one example. Uh, I've been, what I've been, else? I've been enjoying watching your Instagram feed, Cam. You've been putting a bit of time into yeah, curating the photos. Ah, uh, you're too kind. Do you want to just drop the Insta handle while we're talking about it? Oh, you look, you're being too kind to me. I didn't <laughs> organise. All right. Uh, Cam Smith, eat it. Check it out. There's some good stuff on there. You want to cook like a peasant? I'll show you how to do it. Or you just want to watch you eat a... Bar me down in Victoria Street. Well, that's more hopefully a directional, inspirational. Yeah. Come to Victoria Street. Uh, avoid the zombie junkies. <laughs> I, I mean, it, they're still there. Yeah, it, I did drive down Victoria Street the other week, and it's I, okay. It looks a little sad, but there are still some great businesses well, the, there. Uh, doing takeaway. Fuck thang. Yeah. Fuck thang. Yeah. For your bung me. And Minfat for um, everything else. I reckon one of the most awesome supermarkets for Asian food yes. around. I think you once referred to it as the Bunnings of Asian food. I did. <laughs> I did say that, and I stand by it. And and the thing is, across the road from uh, Minfat is mm. sort of this complex with. There's a Woolies in there. There's an Aldi in there. Yep. But there's parking downstairs no. if you want to avoid the zombie hordes. Yes. So, so, so bougie saying, like, oh, you don't want to talk to them. What will they use the money for? Sorry. But, um, yeah, but you can park downstairs, come up there, and there's a place across the road directly from Minfat. <clears throat> Great variety of produce, like mm-hmm. wicked. I remember once I went in there and went, 
There's five different types of mangoes here. Yeah, right. And like green mangoes mm-hmm. as well. Anyway, but also, um, yeah, anyway, that's a good good place to uh, do that. Now, um, on today's show, just yes, a very, very quick thing. That. We're talking um, about the pivot, the word of the year. It is the word of the year, isn't it? It's, it's got snap. Pivot. Everyone's pivoted. Pivoted, baby. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're pivoting. And quite seriously, yes. people in the restaurant industry and all those ancillary industries yes. have had to. Yes. Okay, so there's a serious side to almost this. It's over a month now, I think, since the government basically shut the whole shut industry down. Shut them down, yes. Yes, we're not talking about Stephen Downs, the old... F- Restaurant critic, no. also known as Shut 'em, Shut 'em Downs. Uh, no, that was our premier, of course. Um, but uh, Nikki Rima, she's cooking in Bellotta in yes. South Melbourne. We've spoken to her innumerably. Yes, and she rocks. She does. As I said, she has cooking that'll make you cry. Yeah, seriously. Mm. Um, and uh, anyway, she. We're going to have a chat to her. What's she cooking at home? Uh, what's the, the menu about? Anyway, have a chat to her. Yep. Um, and then this is the inspiration part for you all, mm. folks. Um, we're talking about a staple from the north of Italy, mm. north of the Po, where the winters are cold mm. and the wind's blowing and you need something to warm you up. And what do you want? You need a big cold beer. And the, no, that's wrong. Sorry, I was on the wrong track there. Um, you need a big bowl of gnocchi. Ah, yes. Gnocchi. Yes. Have you ever made gnocchi? Uh, I have not. My good lady wife has made a beautiful uh, sort really? of gnocchi from time to time. I've never done She's it myself. She's a gnocchi maker. Yeah. She, oh. she, most of the pastas are sort of her domain at our house. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But uh, gnocchi, Cam. Gnocchi. Um, not really a pasta. No, it's not. No, it's more of a dumpling. Yes. And we've got a skippy to tell us how to do it. Yes. A non-Italian. His name is Russell Bald, and uh, Russell's a, a ripper. We've um, uh, had a few experiences up there in Bendigo. Yes. Uh, where we've hung out together and done demonstrations for the Bendigo Festival of Lamb. Yes. Lovely bloke. Um, he's worked in a few interesting places. He, up to a while ago, had a gnocchi business, and this is why I thought I'd talk to him. Mm. So... He's going to tell us um, a little bit about gnocchi, and yep. hopefully by the end of it, I want you Me? to be so inspired by it. You're going, going to rush home. I'm going home, and I'm going to put it on Instagram. Sure. Like I did with my soup. Yeah, well, your, your uh, stocks, which you still haven't made, which is your <laughs> very long... This is homework that goes back, to I don't know, 90s. two decades. <laughs> yeah, stock cam, that sounds great. I could make that at home. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty much the that, that, that was I used. that was pretty much it. So, in the meantime, let's yeah. do a what's, what's that, that in your, your mouth? mouth? That's right, twelve oh nine here on Three Triple R FM. You're listening to Eat It, and did we mention we're here in East Brunswick? Well, we are. Yeah, so it's good, and um, it's a beautiful day out there too. We haven't met, so I know it's, it feels <laughs> like we've all got a bit cabin fever. But if you're lucky enough to have a yard or a, a, a balcony or park. something, a park. park. Nearby, just don't sit down. You've got to keep moving. Move. Kind of, yes. Keep moving. <laughs> Whack the exercise gear on. Get off that bench. Um, but no, we here in East Brunswick very much enjoying the sunshine. You can sneak on a bench. What if you're an old person and you just, you know, you need a rest? <laughs> I'm going to go halfway and sit there. Get up. <laughs> keep moving, Grandpa. <laughs> in fact, get down. Give me 20. Um, so, yeah, what's that in your mouth? Mm. Um, we've, we've sort of changed this... Um, uh, this to be not only what's that in your mouth, but who's that at the door? <laughs> yes. 
was sort of um, a appropriate kind of thing because uh, there are those that um, uh, can avail themselves to help out. Actually, it's a win-win situation. It's a blue negotiation. You get great food yeah. and you're also keeping restaurants remain viable. It's actually the kind... It's, in perverse terms, it's kind of what we've been justifying it as because we've, oh, been, no. we've yeah. been pushing that button quite uh, a lot. And we thought, well... My, you know, i got to help Ronnie D'Astasio. Well, yeah, he needs the help, apparently. Yeah, come on. Uh, but, yeah, we still have... He needs to have a Range Rover. We still have two jobs, and so I yes. consider myself quite lucky in that regard. And yes. uh, a lot of restaurants, as you say, have tried to pivot to try and keep some money coming through the door. So um, we've been... We've been pushing that button fairly regularly, if I'm yeah, honest. And, um, and we have been talking um, about that. We've been having a chat to – we had a chat to Catcher at uh, mm-hmm, Broadsheet, mm-hmm. <coughs> who still have a list of uh, what's going on mm-hmm. in regard to that. Um, there was the Glide app um, that was sort of saying who's hanging in there. Um, iOS, uh, also I think Android, the Glide application was showing, but – I tried to open it. And I just got the the wide screen. So, see, my advice would be just just check on if you have a favourite restaurant or two or three. Just check on their socials because I think there's so much movement about what rest. Sometimes they're open, sometimes they're not. Um, it's probably just best to check with them directly. What about the menu for lovers? The menu for lovers. Menu for lovers. From uh, brought to you by Maddie McConnell from Ballerina. Ah. I, I, I was mentioned that to you. I thought maybe you guys might have done that on a, Friday night. No, no, on Friday night we did. We did. It's the, like light candles put on Barry White. We were very lucky on Friday. We managed to get. Uh, we we went to the biggest of them all, parked outside Attica and picked up a lasagna, which was delicious. Whoa, he amazed me. That was years and years ago. I think mm. one of the first times I met him, and I was. <laughs> That was this question I asked, which I just went in this completely different direction because I said, okay, so uh, Ben Shuri, it's great to talk to you and <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. Um, <laughs> so what do you like for Christmas? And he just looked at me and went, you know what I really like, Cam? Lasagna. <laughs> I remember nearly falling <laughs> off my stool. <clears throat> so what was it like? It was delicious. So you too can have Ben Shuri's Christmas lasagna at your place. You just need to jump on there. So you, it's, it's like booking a table at a restaurant. You, they mm. use the same sort of booking system. Yes. Um, and uh, I was surprised how busy Is there a line of cars? Sort of, you know. Not cars, but people. So. Line of SUVs, sort of. I'm seeing this line <laughs> of Mercedes is sort of, you it know. It is a bit like that. Speaking, oh, bring out the Bentley. Speaking of bougie. Yes. Um, it is a bit like that. But yes. um, no, it's good to see them really, really busy. So we had the lasagna and it comes with a little side salad and we, we ice cream, lashed say? out and got the ice cream as what well. What was the ice cream? Uh, oh, I have to look it up. Fudgelicious. It was delicious. Something chocolateicious, fudgelicious. No, it was sort of. A, it was. Uh, it was white. I have to look up the flavour. Right, anyway, come back. So, and the lasagna. One of the things you said about it, and this is one of the things we talk about really. Restaurant food is yes. the fact. Uh, what makes restaurant food so memorable? And we sort of worked out. We had two elements that we said, and they were... Salt and fat. Yeah, baby. It's like, wow, this food is so good. Uh, so, And that's, you know, a lot of restaurant food, you're right, so it's the salt that gives it that sort of mouth feel. And, mm. um, yeah, it was Deliciousness. Bloody delicious, but it's certainly not an everyday food, I wouldn't have thought. No, not everyday food. No, your heart will thank you to not do that. Or maybe you just do that lap around the park. Don't stop on the bench. <laughs> yes. Don't stop on the bench. Um, so, yeah, what have I been digging this week? Mm. Oh, I discovered a salad. Ah, yes. I've discovered what a pretentious good a salad. thing to say. Hey, <laughs> I've discovered the salad. No, I didn't. I've just sort of came across it and I'm millions of people have done it before me. Mm. Don't be so like that. What is this salad you speak of? I'm glad you asked. Well, it's sort of like, you know, you've got spinach. 
Yes. And and actually, one of the great things about um, the world these days, other than coronavirus and Donald Trump and, you know, mm. things like that, is the fact that you can get washed leaves, baby leaves of spinach. Yes. And they're brilliant. I yep. mean, if you throw them in a frying pan, wilt them down, wow. I get a big packet from the market each <coughs> week. It's two bucks and it's pre-washed and you can throw it in. It's great. It's a bit bland, though. Can be. Yeah, a bit boring. Mm. It's a bit Clark Kent. You know, before he's taken off the glasses. So how do you put the spinach in the, in oh, the telephone booth? You need a little bit of boom. Yeah, right. And the best way to put some woof in there, um, I found was I had this radicchio sort of lying around uh, mm. the place that I'd grabbed off John mm. um, a while ago, who we're giving a, a week off. Uh, and um, so, yeah, I got this radicchio and I just sort of, not a chiffonade, which is sort of thinly sliced, a little bit thicker. Uh, mix that with the spinach leaf. So you've got mm. this great sort of texture of the spinach, but you've got the punch. Of the bitterness. The, the bitterness. It's like life in the... Twi- no, stop it. Um, with um, a julienne of um, a little bit of uh, red onion and a yes. sharp dressing. So grape vinegar, good olive oil, salt, yep. pepper. Yep. Great thing to have next to some pasta or something that, yep. as you say, has might have a bit... Bit a lot of, of fat. fat and salt in salt there. In there. <laughs> it's like, wow, I need an <laughs> antidote for this stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's been really, really good. I did some – I did the pronunciation wrong and you did a – you corrected me. Well, I, look, I might have it wrong, but we're talking about – Sumai? Sumai, the little dumpling, sumai. the dim sum you with get. A little t- with a thing on the top. Yeah, a little – what is that? That's the thing on the top. It's yeah. a sumai. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's that's what they call it. So it's a dumpling wrapper filled with uh, usually pork mince. Yeah, but you can uh, do it with uh, prawns, yeah. pork and prawns. Yes, water chestnuts. Give yes. that, that real crazy thing. This was just prawn, and you can look it up on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, um, but that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Also, it's got this little the little pea in there um. just to get this little bit of. Colour, a little yeah. contrast. It looks really, really pretty. Anyway, so the, uh, dumplings, I would say, to do. Um, I did a piece of John Dory, which I cooked for about, I don't know, 30 seconds too long, and I got really oh. despondent about it. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I'm used the to... The John Dory of disappointment. The John Dory of disappointment. <laughs> so hopefully next week, Nick Malouk's going to come in and tell me how... How I, to cook it. How to do it properly. I remember one Michael Bakash once said on this show, uh, think how many cuisines around the world are based on raw fish. And think how many cuisines around the world are based on overcooked fish, and use that as your guide oh, as to which side to err on. He's such a bitch sometimes, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? Michael Bakash, uh, Bakash's restaurant, Lebanese. If you haven't met him, he is one of the craziest people you'll ever meet, but also one of the best cooks of fish. Cooks like a mofo. Someone said the first time they ever met him, he was chasing a supplier down the road because <laughs> they'd slipped in some something a bit sus, like literally chasing him down the road. <laughs> What are you trying to do to me? I gotta, gotta kill you. Anyway, um, <coughs> I thought we'd mention one person doing um, a bit of a pivot. Um, yeah, this is good. Richard Seymour from Mount Zero Olives. Yes. Uh, do you like olive oil, son? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah, that's the answer. Uh, what's he got? Actually, and, and olive oil is one of the things that's still a little bit scarce in the supermarket. If you buy your olive oil from the supermarket, you might find yep. a few empty shelves. But and you need it. And you do need it, but you need fret it. not, because you, like in many good things in life, you can bypass the supermarket and you can do this. You can go and uh, give Richard a ring or go online to Mount Zero because he's had a whole bunch of stuff that was destined for restaurants because, yes. you know, they use his oil because it's shit hot. Yes. 
Sorry, folks. Um, swear, Joe. Um, and he's selling it online for delivery by post or our own drivers who he's keeping in work to yes. keep him doing that sort of stuff, which I reckon is pretty good. 25 bucks for two litres. That is a bargain. Let that sink in. Or if you really want to go to town, 150 bucks for 15 litres. You do the math out there, people. Yes. Because <laughs> I can't be bothered. <laughs> uh, what's he also saying? He also has a shop in the warehouse. Oh, that's right. He's out in Sunshine West where people can pick up Monday to Friday. And we're stocking some other great local produce as well. Um, that's about it. Oh, he's also saying he's admiring what Scott's doing at the Estelle with meals for hospital workers. Good on you, Scott That is Pickett. very cool. Good Scott Pickett. Um, so, yeah, I thought I'd mention that. Man, Zero Olives, great um, family business. Yes. And, and, and good stuff. Maybe we sort of wrap this up just by saying, yeah, what, saying what we say every week, which is encouraging uh, you to use the time that you might have normally spent at a bar or restaurant to use that time just to find some supplies that um, oh. you would like to support. So rather than going to the booth. Not make martinis at home. Well, you can make no, you can do that too. Sorry, no, sorry. So you should find suppliers yeah. and people support your business, folks. Support, support the um, the restaurant industry that is just been in calamitous times. And, and if you, you know, want we make a, a bit of light about it, but uh, it's serious. And um, and also, we should also make an appeal while we're doing this in the fact yes. that it is still April Amnesty. Yes. And um, I know that there's a whole bunch of busted-ass people out there. Yes. But um, the great thing is now you've probably got job seeker. You can get a concession membership. That is true. Hey! <laughs> For every cloud. Every cloud. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you can have a Davidson Plum scroll from him. I think he's still doing that in Vegemite scrolls. Nikki Remar has uh, been working hard on a menu to get out to the, the good people out there. And, uh, and she's taken a little bit of time to go away from her writing desk and uh, join us here. Nikki Remar, hello. Oh, hello. And you got a cup of tea. Oh. I have got a lovely cup of. Uh, I'm a big fan of the. Um, I think it's the pico orange pico tea. I love it. Oh, the black tea, little citrusy thing. Yes, yes. Does it Picks actually orange pico? Does it actually? Is it sort of smell like oranges? Um, I'm having a sniff. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> not like an Earl Grey. Like it's not all fancy and no, fumey. No, not as no, no, not as fragrant not as the Earl fragrant. Grey. With a because no. that's bergamot. That's a citrusy thing. Anyway, how you doing? Let's uh, so tell us about what happened. Life. Like we haven't spoken to you since, uh, as Matt said, it's been about a month when the curtain just sort of came crashing closed. <laughs> if curtains can crash, that big, thick, heavy velvet curtain yeah. came crashing down on us all. Yeah, I'm no, imagining it's, it's red. <laughs> Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, it was kind of, I feel like it's been going on for a lot longer, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Yeah. Probably, like literally, we, you know, we all got that, okay, let's shrink our restaurants. You know, you've only got to have X number of people in the building and so far distance yeah. with the tables. And we were just getting our heads around that. Mm. And it was like, yeah, no, no, no. Nah, no, no come on, actually, people, we need to be, yes. Actually, so lock the door. I, that's right. And I literally, you know, very quickly went, okay, kitchen, we're going to start doing takeaway. Oh, wow. What do we need to do? So we, we've been doing the takeaway food for, yeah, four weeks, I so guess. So you're in Bank Street, of course. We're talking to Nikki Rima, who's the chef at uh, Bellotta, which is luckily next door to a place with a whole bunch of fridge space. I know. And yeah. that's got to be... That's a Prince Wine yeah. store. 
Prince Wine Store. Now, yeah. no one had stopped buying wine. No, Everybody no way, wants, man. <laughs> they need a tipple at home, you yeah. know, so... Tipple. But the beauty of having... A waterfall. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, you can call that. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, let's not go there. Let's not go there. But, um, yeah, like, I've got a kind of tiny kitchen in Bellotta. You know, we're, yes. we're one of those kitchens who we cook to order you know we don't have space to be holding lots of takeaway food in containers and but you know i i'm very lucky in that hey prince wine store next door you've got all these fridges full of beer and wine i need one of those fridges we're going to liberate them yes Yes. they have become a a new home for my revolution Yes. <laughs> so, you know, comfy duck and lentils and mushrooms went into containers and into a fridge. And, you know, all, a, a lot of people really love my salads when it's warmer weather. So, yeah, I've certainly, can you know, went, take me for one of those. Yep. <laughs> went crazy putting lots of in and lots of pasta sauces and things. But that was four weeks. And, I, you know, now we're getting a bit cooler. So I've been at home mm. planning a new menu now for the last few days, just getting going to kick that off next week. This but, is the um, Nikki Rima Research Kitchens. That's right. Yes. My two sous chefs with their four legs. Yes. Hoping that um, yeah. something might fall their way. Don't but, fall, um, fall, fall on the end of the, from the table. You're gonna, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yes. That's right. <clears throat> They're probably thinking I'm, you know, going a little bit crazy because, you know, I'm missing service. I'm missing the buzz of, you know, dock it in, order in. Can I actually cook. extrapolate? You are missing being in control of your Absolutely. space and all those around you. Oh, totally. Yeah, no. Totally. There's only it's Control bizarre. Fork. Like the things the things you miss. You think, yeah. Oh, this will be okay, I'll be I'll be okay but then you're like, No, I, I miss the uh, you know, my timer, you know, timing the food. So what yeah. have I done? I've hey. been doing my prep list at home. I've been like, Okay, Nikki, Say that we're again. gonna have a prep list today. You've, you've got a prep list are you are you calling dishes away? <laughs> Ordering! Ordering! Nikki, hurry up! Yes! Oh, God, look at that brunoise. Do that again. Do that again. Do that again. Throw that away. No, no, no. What are you trying to do to me? Yes, okay. So you've got your... You're having prep list. So um, for those that um, might not understand what the the importance (laughs) and um, the integral nature of the prep list, could you explain it to us? It's, it is the skeleton of my kitchen life. You know, mm-hmm. it is what everything else surrounds. Yes. You don't have a good prep list. You don't have an organized prep list. Mm-mm. You're not going to have a good day in a kitchen. No. Whether that be kitchen at home or your kitchen, you know, in the restaurant slash takeaway den. So, you know, I've, I, I'm all, anyone who's ever worked with me knows I'm a fan of a good prep list. And, and what, so, what, what are the keys to a good prep? How do you, how do you get a good prep list happening? Yeah, look, the key is to be very sort of organised. Excel spreadsheets are your best friend. I can't believe I'm telling everybody this. Uh, 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 like, go on, go on. No, one, no one's listening. It's all right. Freak. Yes. <laughs> You're listening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm, um, I'm, I'm digging it. Go yeah. on. <laughs> but yeah, it's got to be you know like in order of weights of dishes. So the lighter dishes followed by the heavier dishes. You yes. know, and yes. when you write each each dish, for example, the lamb tagine. Step one: break down lamb. Mm-hmm. Cook, Prepare lamb vegetables, cook the tagine, cook the garnish. You know, so I kind of need that every day. So whether I'm in the kitchen at Bellotta and we don't have service, we've still got a mean prep list there ready to go. And all the guys and girls who have ever worked with me, they often have said, you know what, Chef, 
what we have loved the best is that you're always organised with your prep list. Yes. So my poor sister at home, who I live with, now gets to see that prep list. It's like, have you loaded the dishwasher? We need to load the dishwasher. So, so you have got a commie underneath you, that's it. <laughs> oh, she's Look at this dishwasher. Do you see yes. how this dishwasher is packed? This is outrageous. <laughs> Take this all out and do it again. So and do it again, please. Yeah. Yes. So as you're going through, you've uh, you say you use a highlighter to cross off your things. Oh yes, yeah. I don't like to to do the black line through. Yeah, because then you can't see. I like see to what... highlight. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, right. I like to highlight because then I can say, okay, yep. Look at all that pink or yellow on that page. We're nearly done, you know. Yeah. So, and I can go back and mentally be planning my next day. You know, have I got the toast ready for tomorrow's breakfast? <laughs> Things like that. So, so, all right, Nikki, so two things we've got to know. We've got about five minutes just to give you an idea yeah. of just the time frame. Um, one is uh, what are the things that you're doing at home um, and if there's anything new that you've sort of been trying. And two, um, love for you to give us an idea of what's going to become available down there in uh, beautiful South Melbourne at Belotta. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so one first of all, I- what are you cooking at home? At home, well, I was one of those clever people who got on Instagram and saw that one of my favourite suppliers was doing Western Plains pork. She was doing a box of different cuts of pork for $100. And I swear to God, it's enough food for six people for a month. Who's, so, who's, you know, who's doing that? Western Plains pork. Oh, Western Plains, um, yes, lovely. And they are doing a terrific deliver-to-your-door-at-home box of pork. Mm. And I've just been going crazy with that. Pork chops pork mince a pork belly a pork shoulder so i've braised some ragu i've done you know crumbed pork chops you name it it's porky i've done it but i've also frozen the whole heap down so as i keep saying to all my friends freeze a lot of protein yes and that way you know you just pull it out as you need it and and get your fresh fruit and veggies but as you guys are always saying you know use a bit of your extra money when you can we've all got a budget but let's try to you know Buy from a good supplier. Get a little bit wholesale. Get a little bit wholesale with it. You'll save the money in the long run. And then plus braises and things like that are awesome in the uh, freezer. So Absolutely, that's and good. they can they'll stay in there for you know a good few weeks if you can't get to them. Um, are you baking bread? I'm not at the moment. No, you my, haven't gone into my, that I've, mode, okay? I haven't gone into that. If I go down that rabbit hole, you might not see me again. So yes. I'm sticking. I'm sticking to the um, the world of protein, you know, and yes. every other cuisine I can think of to go with it. You know, from a bit of Thai curry to uh, Spanish braising lamb shoulder with sherry and all that kind of things. So I'm trying to think mm. of all those things, but I'm also, you know. Next week, we're going to sort of kick off some new dishes. So I've really been playing around with um, a seafood pie because I think a lot of people are like, oh, what do I do? And I thought, well, I love snapper and mussels and mm-hmm. leek and fennel. Mm-hmm. So I've been, that's mm-hmm. going to be a pie that's going to be, you know, the food I'm doing at Bellotta is that you can come in and pick it up and just take it home and reheat. Yeah. You know, so I'm doing a tagine. We're doing, you know, some brine and then roast baby chickens. Um, we're doing a smoked ham hock dish probably do some frittata keep going with our sausage rolls because everyone's loving the sausage rolls so Mm. you know they're all ready to go whack them in the oven and bake them so i just want people to eat well over this time and look after themselves so if they get sick of cooking at home well then you know look up your favorite restaurant look up the lotter and see or look up prince wine store and you know have a look at what else is out there because do you deliver what's the what's the go we are doing deliver 
Yeah, we are. If they go onto the Prince Wine Store website, yes, um, you can click in and purchase from there. And they're doing. They're certainly doing deliveries within, um, you know, the sort suburbs the around footprint. us. Yes. Yeah, but the other thing you can There's do some is... some well-heeled people around you around there. We're very lucky, yes. very lucky. Some lovely, well-heeled regulars. Oh, um, <laughs> I'll have a Chablis but, with it. Yes, sorry, go on. That, that is right. Yeah, um, that's them. Yeah. But the other thing is you can you can pop into the wine store because we're still open all the time. Yeah. So um, there's lots of stuff in the fridge, just, just like, you know, a supermarket... But with wine, Done. a lot and, more wine. And just to finish off, we should say not that there's anything wrong with Chablis. There Darling. is nothing wrong with no. a good glass of Chablis. Yes. Chablis. Oh, Chablis. Yes. Oh, I love it. Chablis, um, <laughs> Well, look, I'll let you get back to the um, uh, the prep list. There ain't nothing Thank like you. a good prep list. There is nothing like a braise in your freezer, and there's nothing like you, Nikki. Got you rock. Oh, God, oh, God bless you guys. I miss you guys. I miss being oh, in a no. room with you, but I well, well, hope to do it soon. Yep, or we'll uh, we'll get you on the blower again. It is twelve thirty-eight here on Three Triple R. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye. As the dogs wait for more of the food <laughs> to fall down <laughs> from the floor, the four-legged uh, commies. Uh, this is Matt's um, pick, and uh, then we're going to talk to a Skippy about making gnocchi. Thank you, Timmy. He uh, did his show from home yesterday. He did, and, and today, and today. We, he's missed. Yeah. Missed. Yeah. Not us though, we're here Yes We're here in beautiful downtown East Brunswick And uh, the times, the days Well the times are interesting The day's good mm-hmm. And uh, using the magic of the phone We have, coming to us We have a skippy to tell us about making uh, gnocchi And uh, where have we found you, Russell Bald G'day Jan, how are you? Mate, better for hearing your voice Gonna miss you, Festival of Lamb. We're not doing it together. No, we're not, unfortunately. But uh, no. cracker of a day down here, down on the Moita Peninsula, down in Manalisa. So, Ooh, look at you go. Very nice. You're, you're on your deck. Oh yeah, mate. Have a look in the creek. It's a uh, very nice day actually good, down here. Good thing we're not New Zealanders, otherwise it could be completely misconstrued. Exactly. Um, now, tell me now. Um, we've had an awesome time together, um, drinking wine and talking about the world while we've been doing. Uh, Festival of Lamb, of course, when we're off duty. Um, yep. But uh, great stories of uh, working in kitchens and people we've worked in uh, and with. And we wanted to talk to you because you're the gnocchi man. That's your business. So long, it's, it's not not sold yet, is it? It's on the market. No, it's on the market at the moment. Yeah. Mm. So I've had it for about nine years. So. Yeah. Um, been making handmade gnocchi from my uh, commercial kitchen, which I actually have built at home. Yes, yeah, awesome. And um, yeah, supplied obviously re- mainly wholesale to restaurants, hotels, and, uh, and resorts, the ski up in Mount Buller and so forth over the last nine years. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a labour of love, mate, literally. And let's talk about. Well, yeah, okay, so. First of all, I th- I, it's awesome. I've never been to your place, but I just—it's sort of—I sort of have this view of it as sort of this compound with, you know, great deck, um, but uh, this commercial kitchen with some pretty good stuff in it. But why gnocchi? When you first thought about, I got to do something. I don't know if I want to cook on the line anymore, but I want to do something within the industry. Well, I saw, I, well, I did my apprenticeship at uh, the Florentino in uh, in Burke Street under Mark Hayes. And, uh, who was owning? Who owned Florentino in those days? Lorraine Podgornik was. Oh, the, the Podgornik years. 
correct. They were some crazy times. It was some crazy times. Crazy and, times, uh, yes. So I was about three and a half years there, and um, one of my one of my jobs for quite a, quite a long time was actually making making the gnocchi. It was uh, either downstairs in the bistro, which is a, the more peasant style, yep, and also upstairs, which was more fine dining, so a bit more refined. So. Um, yeah, made lots and lots and lots of it, and then obviously when I worked around in different restaurants in different roles, it sort of became a bit of a signature dish. And uh, it actually, the reason why I ended up making it, I, um, I, I was actually uh, making uh, working at a restaurant. And a friend said, "Can you make it uh, for my restaurant?" And mm. um, I went, "Well, maybe this could be a thing." And uh, yeah, it sort of took off from there. I started with one, well, one restaurant, and then it went to uh, two and three and four and. And then it just went, it just grew from there. And before you know it, you've got a truck and it's full of potato products. Um, pretty much, yeah. yeah, pretty much. So, um, all right. Well, let's let's talk about this thing. Uh, first of all, some people see it as a pasta. Uh, uh, it ain't no, no pasta, yeah. is it? First of all, so let's get that that done. Let's do so definition. It's not a pasta. It's, it, is, it is actually it is actually a dumpling. Yep. Um, more than a more than a pasta. Um, there's obviously there's pasta versions of gnocchi you buy retail, which uh, you can find in your pasta roll, which which I wouldn't probably classify as gnocchi. It's literally just uh, powdered potato and, uh, you know, emulsifiers, and they could bounce off a wall. And can I, can I paraphrase? Not, not in the true spirit. Can, um, I, can I paraphrase as sort of an Italian? Yes. It's bullshit, mate. No, it's more sort of Greek. It's bullshit. Uh, anyway, so it's not that's not uh, that's not proper gnocchi. Um, so it's originally from what are we between north of Italy? Yeah, north of Italy. So the reason why about the 16th century, it sort of as when it sort of sort of came about. Yeah. Um, the reason why they did potato was because it was too cold to grow wheat. So potatoes became the crop, and, that, and that's how it started from there. So. Okay. So and and also we had to wait for uh, the Columbus Exchange for the potato Correct. to come from the New World. So there was a sort of form of a dumpling, but it was sort of more eggs and flour and sort of stuff. So very much. <clears throat> and you know the the thing that you keep reading about when you read about gnocchi, they talk about pillowy. Pillowy, correct? Yeah, so it's always the pillow. It's a fine, it is a fine line. It's uh, yeah. They're meant to be. They're, they're supposed to have a little bit of texture to them. Obviously, mm. obviously they hold their shape. Uh, but when you bite into them, they literally are just soft and silky and and right pillows. They're just they're really really beautiful and, and smooth to eat. So and, and this uh, is this is sort of the thing. It's like here's the razor's edge you're on. If you don't have enough flour in your mixture, you will see your gnocchi. Disappear into the water because it just dissolves <laughs> and it just goes up, up and, then, and then there are tears uh, because everything's just gone into the water and it's just dissolved. But if you put too much flour, it ain't pillows. No, it, it's like a little uh, a little rubber ball that uh, bounce off your wall, literally. Yeah, and it's gonna <laughs> it and, a, it is a fine line. and you're gonna feel it in your stomach too. So, how do you make gnocchi? Let's let's do that. Okay, so so the process that we do, so we we buy in. Um, so for anyone at home, if you want to cook it, any any red skin potato. Oh, red so, skin. Desiree, Desiree potatoes because uh, uh, they're slightly more starchy than your average potato, so okay. they actually have a they have a better holding um, ability than your your floury potatoes used for mash and so forth. Yep. So red skin Desiree is a, a really good general one. Hang about, Russell. Uh, what I'm going to do is just get you to stop you because I'm nice. Matt's going up and down with your thing. Maybe move around a little bit because we're just starting to lose you a little bit. Just walk somewhere else. Try that. Yeah, there we go. We'll make Matt smile. What do you reckon, Matt's that better? You talk to us, Russell. A bit, eh? How's that? 
Matt? That'll do. That'll do. That'll do. Okay, we're cool. So uh, yeah. what have we done? We've uh, we've got our red skin potato because we want it to be waxy, not mealy. That's the one of the Correct. first things to know because otherwise it's not going to happen. Okay. That's exactly right. So obviously, peel them. I, I, we boil our potatoes. Um, Ooh, in, in, that's in controversial. Quite heavily salted water. So and you don't, um, but you're not peeling them. I, I, I we be, we do peel out, <gasps> um, and generally you would. Uh, you, if you're boiling them, I'd peel them. Um, mm. You can, if you want to, you can bake them on like a bed of rock salt in your oven mm-hmm. and uh, do them that way and scoop them out. Um, I generally find if you boil them in salty water, you're going to get more flavour from them anyway because obviously you heavily salt the water. It actually helps with the breakdown of the potatoes. It also adds a background of flavour. You won't have to add as much salt later on either. So, oh, okay. Like when you salt on... Yeah, how, do you how do you know when the potatoes are cooked? Okay, it's a key one actually. You want, you don't want them you don't want them undercooked. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they will be actually when you when you boil them, will go quite sticky. It'll go glue. You don't want them to, to overcook too far either. Otherwise, they absorb too much water. So, mm-hmm. literally, if you can just get a, at the end of a knife and, and put them in, just they just slide in. That'll be just perfect. And what about if you lift the knife? Does it fall off, or can it still grip it a little bit? It'll grip a little bit. It'll uh, grip a little bit. You, okay. you don't want it to sort of go in there and just literally fall apart. It'll actually be... Cause if, you had, if it absorbs too much water, you'll end up adding much, too much flour. Done. Our potatoes so, are cooked. Cool. That's correct. And then you put them into a colander um, or a sieve, whatever you've got at home, and just let, mm. them, let them sort of drain for a good 10 minutes and steam away. The more moisture you lose out of it, the less flour you have to add to your mixture later. What about a couple of tea towels next to a window? Correct. That'll be that'll be fine. Thank you, Chef. Go. And then the the key with this one is it has to be mixed while it's hot though with Desiree potatoes because the starchy content once the starch is set, it ends up just like glue. So you've got to put it through a ricer or a mully. Yes. While it's hot. What's a what's a ricer for those that haven't seen? It's like a big garlic press sort of thing, isn't it? Pretty much a big garlic press. Yeah, they're not as probably not as easy to use as a mully because obviously mully goes round and round and forces it through. Yeah. Whereas a uh, uh, rice is quite small, and quantities at home probably fine, but uh, generally find a molly works a little bit better than a ricer. But uh, okay. whatever you've got at home is fine. I've, I've got um, a ricer at home. I'm going to stick by that because uh, the quantities I'm going to do isn't going to be too huge. So yeah, that's, that's, right. that's going to be cool. So we've got um, we've got our hot potato puree in a bowl. In a bowl. So now, just now, um, baking flour or plain flour. Baking oh. flour is better, a little bit stronger. Again, you'll use less of it as well. So we want gluten, but we, we don't. We want gluten, but we don't want to develop it. Correct, mm. correct. So you want you want a higher, if you can, a higher high gluten content, but you don't want to develop it. So this is the key when you're making gnocchi. Yep. It's why handmade works well because you're not going to overwork it. So, yes. so flour on the on your bench. Put your uh, your gnocchi or your potato onto there. Cover it with a little bit of just a little small dust in your flour. Now I've sort of got some I've got some uh, some quantities for you, Ken. Just so that if someone wants to do this at home, you Matt's, can do it. Matt's ready. He's got thumbs up, and we've got about four minutes okay. to get it done. So a kilo of desert potatoes, mm-hmm. peeled and boiled. Yep. Uh, salt, just to, you know, just heavily salt your water like you normally would with. So probably if you got you know two or three liters of water, probably about 50, 60 grams of salt. Um, you'll need one egg, yep. one whole egg that is. One whole uh, egg. Pe- yeah. Pinch of ground white pepper. Oh, okay, yep. Because you don't want it to show of, through, yep. Correct, otherwise you get a black specks through. Yes. 50 mils of olive oil. 50 mils of olive oil. 
and 100 grams of gr- finely grated Parmesan cheese. 100 grams. Parmesan. So it works out to be about 5% is your, is your cheese factor. So. Yeah. So you. where's our flour? How much flour, Chef? Okay, now, this is the key because every oh, time you make this, it's going to change. Okay. So, this is the reason why a lot of people, when they have a recipe for it, it sometimes doesn't work. But what I'll do is I'll run through how to get to that. So add the flour, you can add your parmesan cheese on top of your of the flour you put on your potatoes. Mm-hmm. Make a well and mix up your egg with your your um, olive oil. Whisk it together. Mm-hmm. Put your pinch of ground white pepper in there as well. Put that into the middle of your little hole of your potatoes. Got it. Now, just sprinkle a little bit of more flour over the top. Now, you're probably, on average, if you're making a kilo of potato, you're probably, you're probably going to use around about 300 grams, in t- around about-ish. So, um, add your flour. Now, what you do is you've got to, you've got to start this in. It's like you make play. If, if anyone's made Play-Doh before, it's exactly the same. And it feels exactly the same when you get to the point where you've added enough potato. Play-Doh. Okay. So essentially, when you've mixed it, it shouldn't stick to your it shouldn't stick to your bench. You should be able to roll it um, into into long it, length. It feels that's right. It, it feels a little bit moist, doesn't it? It's got that it little does. bit of moisture through. It. Correct. So the oil, the oil will help as well. Helps with the glossiness, the, the mouth appeal as well. Yeah. And if you do freeze, it'll actually um, it'll actually get less ice crystals in it as well for you. So that'll help. Done. And um, should we put it on a fork to get those um, little grooves so the sauce sticks to yeah. it? So you can do that if you've got enough time to do it, do it. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole idea of the actual uh, running it over a fork is so it actually envelops the sauce and sauce yes. sort of it becomes part of the actual dumpling itself as well. Hey, yeah, Russell, we're making we're doing jigsaws these days, so yeah, I think we've got time to, to do the <laughs> little fork thing on there. <laughs> and, then, and then so once you've rolled it, you can just heavily boiling water. Yes. Salt it again, and you add your your dumplings to it. Now you want to bring them back to the boil, and then just simmer them for one minute, and then take them out. If you don't if you uh, if you don't bring them to the boil before you take them out, you might find in two days' time the middle of them may still be undercooked and raw, and it'll turn grey. Oh, that wouldn't be so good. And what about the boil that? Is a good sign. And, and what about that thing about when they sorry to cut cut over you, but uh, when they float, they're ready. Correct, exactly right. So bring them back to the bring the whole thing back to the boil, simmer it for one minute, mm-hmm. then take them out. If you want to freeze them, refresh them in cold water, and then just add a little bit of oil to them just to coat them so they don't stick together. Otherwise, if you've got a sauce ready, just toss them straight in your sauce and serve them up. Uh, Russell, that sounds awesome, mate. Well, listen, we uh, we have to fly because we're oh we only got about fifteen seconds left. <laughs> uh, thank you, Russell. Great to speak to you, buddy. Thanks, Tammy. Take care, mate. Look forward to having a a wine with you uh, in some stage. We will do. Looking forward to it. Thanks again, Russell. There he is. The gnocchi man. Yes. You've got you you writing. I've got a lot of notes down. You're going to get that on the website? Let's see if we can get it on the Twitter feed or something similar so you can try it at home. Done. Uh, Paulie's ready. Looking across. He's got his thumbs up. He's going, yeah, I'm ready. I was born ready. And... uh, (laughs) Yeah, double thumbs up. Okay, well, thank you. Still here is uh, on, as well as all the great afternoon shows here on 3 Triple R. We're here. It is your station in isolation. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Cam. Bye. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. 
Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 